0: You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Tretter and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women.
1: Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Blake Shagnon, co-founder and CEO of the Shagnon Piper Museum of Toys and Collectibles, where the current virtual exhibit, Childhood Nostalgia, a collection of Pleasant Company and American Girl catalogs, showcases an extensive collection of catalogs from the 1980s through to present day. It is an incredible archive of the brand that we all know and love. We absolutely cannot wait to learn more about the museum, as well as Blake's personal journey and experience with American Girl. Blake, welcome to
0: AGW.
2: Glad to be here.
0: Blake, we're so excited to talk AG with you. I mean... Obviously, for many, many reasons, you're an AG lover like Lindsay and myself. but you are like AG historian levels of knowledgeable. So we're just so excited to pick your brain and hear all about, you know, how you came to be a lover of American Girl.
2: Absolutely. I've never heard that AG historian. I may add that to my resume.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. You really are though. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when we first saw the Shagnon Piper Museum of Toys and Collectibles on Instagram, Laura and I were DMing each other back and forth about the work that you've done. And we were just so, so excited. The catalogs are just such a big part of the American girl appeal and what drew so many of us to American girl and our love for it just grew from the catalog, especially. So the fact that you have taken it upon yourself to archive and share these catalogs is just so, so special. And I just can't wait to hear all about your your history and journey (laughs) with American Girl but before we get into that what were you like growing up
2: oh so that's a good question um I had to ask a little bit just because I think I've changed (laughs) so much in in 30 years but um if I could look at a picture of myself right now you know, I would probably say I was a little shy as a kid. You know, when I was first introduced to American Girl, but I was so creative. And I think once I started reading the books, because um, mm-hmm. I think that's what really got it for me was reading the books. And then a neighbor got it all. Um, I was, I became so creative about it. I was like, let's put on these plays. Um yes. Do you remember those plays? So. Oh my goodness. We I would put the American these Girl plays. plays on. Yeah, we put these plays on in my neighborhood. Um, and I would record them. And if there was a part that no one wanted to do, I volunteered. So in, I was grand married when I play, I I was miss Manderly.
1: Oh Um, my God. I had the Felicity play too. Yes.
2: Yes. And I found the recordings, um, right before we moved, uh, to our current condo. And my husband's like, let's watch these. I'm like, please no. (laughs) <laughs> I know what these are like, it's so embarrassing, but I think about the time of commitment I put into it, you know, it was yeah. very, um, so I think I just had a passion for it. I was very creative as a kid. I loved Disney as well. So I was putting on theme parks in my backyard. I didn't live near a park. I wanted to bring the experience to the kids. So I, if I had to describe what I was like as a kid, I probably was like determined to do stuff. Like I'm determined to put on Disneyland on, I'm determined to do this AG play. Yeah. But also in a very creative uh, way and sense. And I think that's led into who I've become as an adult in the marketing and communication world.
0: Yes. Wow. It sounds like you were a kid who had like a vision of something and you wanted yes. to bring it to life.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I know this doesn't go anything with AG right now, but I loved Disney so much. I wanted it to go so bad, but my parents are like, mm, it's too expensive and we'd rather buy a nice couch instead. <laughs> um, and I put together a castle in our basement using a train table, a dollhouse, a little table, and like the 12 pack packs of Coca-Cola. Like, and I covered it all in paper. I was like, there you go, there's Sleeping Beauty Castle. And it looked really oh, cool. Like wow. I had a vision and I saw it, you know, t- through execution.
0: Oh my God, you're so creative. That yeah. is so incredible. Yes, so creative. And Exactly what you described, like very determined to make sure that that happens no matter what. I love that. I love that. (laughs) So as far as American Girl goes, because you just mentioned, um, you know, having the books and the plays be an early exposure. Do you remember what that initial first memory of being exposed to American Girl was?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, and I, st- it's just sometimes, and I'll reach. So the story is that um, I had seen the catalogs. I have read the books. My sister was a lot younger than me. She's seven years younger. So she was not ready for a doll yet, but a neighbor mm-hmm. had Felicity. And I remember her bringing her to a McDonald's play area. Cause that <laughs> she brought her everywhere. And I was like, what is this? You know, like all of a sudden I got fixated on who is this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It goes with the books. And then I was like, let's hang out and play all the time. And then I was (laughs) like, how do I get myself one? You know, Um, and you know the nineties boys play with trucks and cars and girls play with dolls. And it was kind of the mentality a little bit at my household. Um, Not that it was bad or anything, but I was, like I said, determined to get one. So I babysat and I babysat and I had, um, maybe you guys know this, maybe don't like, I can vividly remember uh, an American Eagle. And I know this has nothing to do with age, but like a gift card box, like a little gift uh-huh. card box at American Eagle. Has. And <laughs> yes. I would save my cash that I would get from babysitting, um, and doing work at people's houses and put it in there. And every oh. night I would count it. And I take a calculator and I would count how many more dollars do I need to get to Samantha?
1: Wow. And then it was,
2: okay, I have the money. How do I convince mom and dad to let me buy this?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, oh. and
2: I was determined. Cause then it was, okay. You know, I'd be like, well, I I don't do sports and I don't <laughs> got it. It was so weird. I don't do drugs. I could spend this on drugs. You know? <laughs> and Great I, argument, or, honestly. You know, I was like, <laughs> I could be like our neighbors and I'm not, you know, and my parents right. were like, well crap, what do we do now? <laughs> um, because you know, I lived in Chicago, a suburb of Chicago, but I could just go on a train to the city, you know, as a
1: eight,
2: nine, 10 year old, um, I had to find other means. Um, and sometimes that was having the neighbor who had the doll who would go to the city, uh, with her parents regularly to American girl. And I'd be like, here's my money. Can you buy something? Wow! And then my parents had no, there was no, they couldn't return it. You know, I was like thinking that strategically about it. Right. Um, So
1: you got your Samantha.
2: Yes, I did. I got a Samantha and I just, I fell in love. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to ruin her hair. Yeah. Um, I don't want, I don't know how to in at that point. I didn't know. I mean, look at me. I, I know no one can see us, but I've got short hair. I didn't have the long hair. My sister did, but I never played with her hair. I was always afraid. How would this work? I didn't know if I could afford the outfits. All I got was Samantha and her accessories and I kept her pretty pristine and put her underneath a wow. Christmas tree in my bedroom during Christmas and set up a little scene here and there. And For Uh, a while, it was, I would only buy the historical character and her accessories because the stories meant a lot more, but I still wanted the doll. And then as I started archiving them, I was like, crap, I want all of this, you know? (laughs) Um, And then I became 18 and I was like, wait a minute, I'm an adult. I have my own money. Right. (laughs) I can drive places. Um, So that's kind of how the love started. And then my husband... um, at the time, my fiance, uh, he went with me to the Chicago store and um, he saw Mary Ellen and Julie. He's like, you could set up a little like mid-century modern, like living room space in our you know apartment and you could put the dolls out. He goes, that would look really cool. And I'm like, wow. well, I don't collect the furniture. He goes, but maybe you get that little side table. Maybe for Christmas, I'll get you the fridge. And I think having him just say it's okay. You can buy this, you know, yeah. then it exploded. Cause I was like, Ugh. okay, now I can buy whatever I want. Wow. Um, and I, so like Addie was another favorite of mine. I loved her stories. So like I have her complete collection. I've been compl- like, I completed it last year. Um, of just wow. finding everything for her because she was one of my favorites. And, um, and it's harder to find hers on the secondary market. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm working on collecting for Samantha next because those two are my favorites. Um, but it was just, you know, that's the vivid memory. I can see it and I can just be like, I want this. Yeah. Like that Ariana Grande song, like, I like it. You know, like Yes, I exactly. It, you know? I want uh, it. I got that's
0: it. how
2: I yeah, that's how <laughs> I was enamored with AG. I was like, I want yeah. this. And of course, I remember the old store. So um, they've changed so much but the old stores were like almost like museums yeah I can remember vividly at the Chicago store the old one that Pleasant Roland had put together before she had retired and left the company and sold it like you go in and it's like a little bookstore on the first level but you go downstairs and it's this huge basement and there's like on one side all of these like peek into the windows, so like here's eight historical girls. And it's like, here's what Samantha's bedroom would have looked like with like real size furniture in it. And here's what Addie's little one bedroom would look like, you know, above Mrs. Ford's dress shop. Um, It was just, and then you'd go into the other part of the basement and you'd see like this huge window. And it was like the main character in the front with the book. And then it went to like school and Christmas and, and birthday and, uh summer and the changes and winter and their hall ho- or their uh furniture and their beds and I was just like look at all of this it was just amazing
1: right um, wow. I was like
2: how do I get everything
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: and I, I, I couldn't but I just vividly remember that.
0: I literally have chills thinking about the idea of like a full size American girl bedroom or like setting recreated. That sounds so amazing.
2: Like I, I vividly remember Samantha's because she was my favorite and I was so devastated that one August or September, whatever fall it was of 2008 or whatnot when they're like, you know, soon we'll say farewell to Samantha. I'm like where's she going? <laughs> What's happening? It felt like someone had died to me. yeah I was so right. hurt. And I think that moment I was like, okay, I'm gonna start collecting these. I want these these mean a lot to me. I don't want yeah. to find them on the secondary market. Um, but like, I remember going to the store to get a few other Samantha stuff or to look at Kirsten and they had like Samantha's real size, life-size, like nutcracker doll, like human size, like big. Wow! wow. And I'm like, how'd they make it so tiny and so big. And I realized this is all historical stuff that they've just put into like a little tiny window peek in the past, but it's life-size, you know, it was Mm -hmm. just amazing. Oh my
1: God. This all sounds so magical.
2: It truly was. (laughs) Now, if you go to the current store in Chicago, which it is still great, they just changed it for a different generation. You know, I think our generation really loved the history behind it, that you could act out the stories. But now I think the focus has become more of the truly me or the the girls of today and the girl of the year. And that's great. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's very bright. It's very, you know, like the fluorescent lights, you know, it's just not
0: it's a store it's, it's not a, a museum it's not. yeah it's not an yeah. right.
2: experience and i know they're yeah. trying to build those experiences but you know there's no stage there's no theater at the old at the new chicago store you know there's no uh kind of like when you purchase an old not purchase but when you live in an older home from like built in 1904 all the characteristics of that home is there yep. right like that's what it felt like in the old stores right. i've never been to fifth avenue or la store but like That's what I remembered. And then you go to this new store and you're like, okay, it's a store. It's like walking into Lego, you know?
1: That's what it kind of felt like with the old New York store, which was directly on fifth Avenue. And then I don't know how many years ago, maybe like five to 10 years ago, they moved to Rockefeller center and the store is exactly how you just described, you know, a store like it wasn't the experience that it was. And that I remember it being when they had the original location, but it's still, you know, fun to experience. It's just so interesting that American girl is like, there's such like a dichotomy between like the way it was and where the future is going. And, you know, I think both serve unique and different and meaningful experiences for the people that are um being targeted to but I I don't know I miss the I miss the old AGs so much and (laughs) you know I wish I wish that both could exist at the same time
2: no absolutely well just to have some of like the old like I've been to the new New York store at Rockefeller and I love how Mm -hmm. when you go downstairs they have all the historical girls whether they're archived or still there and like a little bit of description of them but like yeah Pleasant Roland and the advisory boards and her historians really created some intricate really detailed collections why not have one part of your store being like a and I hate saying this like almost like a museum I know it's it yeah. the purpose of what I'm doing sure. but like here's what Samantha's stuff look like you know and maybe it is yep. just those windows um and I know they right? they may I know they used to do something like that or at least have something set up of um that stuff at their headquarters and I've never been to their headquarters, but still, I think it's a nostalgic factor. It brings people into the store who right. are older. Um, and like, you know, maybe there is a souvenir, maybe that like we've discussed, they need to develop something that um, millennials are like, Oh, I want to buy that. You know, like if the Sony clover bags weren't right. so expensive. Mm. I could see a lot of people being like, Oh, I was a Samantha. I'm buying that. Or, Oh, I loved Addy. Let me buy this patch in that. But I think they were just so expensive that people were like, it's a little outside my price range. At that price, I might as well buy it all.
1: (laughs) Right. Honestly, I'm still bitter that the Love Shack Fancy collab didn't have like the actual dresses or like inspired dresses in adult sizes. Mm -hmm. Because I would have purchased them all up immediately. Imagine (laughs) if Felicity's summer dress was available
0: yes they just should make like make a modern the next clothing partnership that works with ag like and does like adult size clothing all or kid size all we want is the like most you know like classic or like modern whatever silhouette that you want to go with with like the pattern from an american girl dress like that's all we want it's absolutely
2: like I it's mean, not
0: a big deal like just give no. it to us
2: <laughs> exactly well you, so you think you think about you know this dress like an ag day that you know had been had been going on an instagram mm-hmm. you know a lot of people took modern interpretation of here i'm i'm dressed up like Addie today or i'm dressed up like samantha or kirsten and it's that pattern i think that's the pattern that's resonating with people and right they just want that in a simple silhouette that's it i mean. I'm a guy. I wouldn't necessarily wear half that stuff, but still, you know, even if it was just a t-shirt or here's mm-hmm. a tote bag or something, you yes. know, that is something that you can carry around, and people will ask, "Ooh, what's that?" You know, "Ooh, where'd you get that from?" So I think there's room for AG to expand. I think they just have to think uh, how strategically they want to do it, and what's right. the best way to do it, and who do they want to partner with? Because um, right. at the end of the day, it's a store, it's a business. They're trying to make that money, but I honestly think they're missing out on a little bit of a demographic there um, because yeah. I think a lot of people like us would be coming back with our Samantha's and Addie's and Kirsten's and coming to the, to the, um, the cafe to have, you know, a nice little meal with, you know, sure. Rose or whatever your type of drink is, but at the same time, be able to leave with that souvenir that isn't $115 doll, although if that's what you want, absolutely go for it, but right, something right. that if that person isn't necessarily a collector like I am, they can at least purchase something that reminds them of that visit. Like if you were going on vacation, what would you buy that, you know, right. reminds you of it. So.
1: Oh my God. Definitely take my money. Um, yeah. Laura and I went to the AG cafe last year and we were surprised how many, Adults were dining without children, like, <laughs> <laughs> like so many groups of friends were just at the cafe. It really is an experience and, you know, they definitely had strong drinks. We all enjoyed our mimosas, I believe. And, you know, they, they weren't just catering towards kids. Like the food was decent, really loved my little, um, chicken tendies. (laughs) Yeah. Right. As as we all ordered chicken tendies. Yes. Um, I'd like
0: to see them expand the cafe menu, which actually I will say I I never went to the Chicago store, like, before it changed over to what it is now. And when I went to the New York store in its original form, I, you know, didn't go to the cafe. But I do think that the cafe used to be more of a high-level experience. Like, mm-hmm. it was very, like, based around, like, the idea of, like, a tea party. Yes. Um, and now I feel like it is more of, like, a, um you know, like having your birthday at like a roller skating rink and like they yeah. give you like the roller skating rink food is kind of right like. Yes.
2: <laughs> so like what they need would be great is if ag partners with like a, uh, you know how a lot of restaurants are like who are partnering with the premier chef you know like
0: have yes. someone who
2: does that for a living come up with a menu that and here I am going from a business perspective, and I hate doing this sometimes, that is easy for an employee to make or, or a chef to make there, but make it so that it's like you're having this great salad with, you know, steak on it or shrimp, but it's actually tied to one of the current characters or one of the mm-hmm. historical archived characters, you know, but make it more of a higher level, um, I don't know, like a destination, you know, I think, right. that, I think they've tried so quickly back in the past and I think they've realized that unfortunately with a lot of their stores closing but like they just expanded so quickly like you could get mm. dolls at Kohl's and Toys R Us which are right T can't go there anymore but like they've expanded so quickly and I think that's what deteriorated the brand just a little bit it was this high quality brand like you talked about the cafe was more like a tea party and it felt more you were okay spending 50 bucks you know but sure for good food but now it's kind of that Oh, okay. It's chicken Tendies from, you
0: no, know, <laughs> right,
2: Chick Fil A or something. And then <laughs> oh, right. you're like, you want it to be a little bit more high class. So, no, I get that one. Right.
0: Yeah. No, that's so true. Like they did have, you know, it. It does make you sort of long for the days when all we could do to really get American Girl was either go to the store in person or call the phone number in the catalog. Like, I mean, I, there was no stores in Boston at the time that I was growing up. So anytime I got a gift or like, you know, my parents would order something for me, it wasn't even online. It was through calling the number in the catalog. And, um, that made it very special, I feel like, for me, because there wasn't a lot of items that were, for me as a kid, needed to be purchased in that way. Um, so, you know, as much as I think accessibility of it is probably great for their business, it it definitely did make me feel like it was super special that, like, mm-hmm, that was yeah. the way that I had to purchase stuff back then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was Pleasant Roland's vision. I mean, the founder, she wanted to make this a very special, unique company. And she did that, you know, through the books, through the dolls, the, you know, historically accurate accessories. And then she knew as a businesswoman to expand, she had the American Girl of Today, she had Bitty Babies, Um, she had the theater, she knew how to do it well and make Mm -hmm. it special. And then I think because she sold it and like she has said in videos and articles, she's like, you know, I had completed my business plan and American girl needed a new, um, you know, parental figure, if you want to say to continue it. And so she chose Mattel and Mattel has got its perks and it's pros and cons or whatnot. But um, at the end of the day, if you're a fortune 500 company, you're wanting to make, you know, your investors happy and make that bottom line and, Uh, it's just harder when it was what it was back in the day when you really didn't, I mean, you worried a little bit about money, but like you knew what your mission was and purpose. So you were okay to do that. You know, Uh, where today you're like, is this going to make our investors happy? I don't know. Right.
0: Right. Right. And who could blame her for, you know, she created this successful company and sold it, which is exactly what you know, someone wants to do at the end of the day when they create a successful company. Definitely. It's interesting to think about, like,
1: I don't know, from when I think of American Girl, so much of it, you know, was the historic aspect. And I think a, a lasting impression that it left on a lot of people was that it instilled a love of history. And the way that, american girl is today i wonder if it still has that same way to captivate younger generations to have that love of history like i feel like the way the catalog was set up even you know sparked that interest in things from the past let alone you know the books of course and the um the like volume of books too like the sheer numbers like every character having six Mm
2: -hmm.
1: books plus the mini stories laura that we just posted but like you know it's kind of endless like i think the dolls now are you know the historic dolls receive fewer books in their collections maybe there are like three ish Mm -hmm. and you know maybe get like a page of the catalog per doll if they're lucky so It's interesting to think about how much like of an impact American girl had for like interest levels and, you know, a passion for history, for, you know, historical fiction and, you know, learning greater that we just won't see potentially today in the same magnitude.
2: I agree. I, I mean, I look at Claudie, like the newest historical character that's out, or Mary Ellen, or Melody, and I think there are some historical Mm -hmm. parts of their collection. Um, But I don't know necessarily if it's giving the same, like, oh, I want to be a historian, or I'm a history major, and I want to teach that. Because you are Right? right, back in the day, you had six books, and then you had some mysteries and then if those characters were very popular and sold well they had more mysteries and then they had short Mm -hmm. stories um and now they've changed it so instead of six books it's two books where three stories are in one and three are in the other but they're abridged so that Mm -hmm. means they've had to take out some of the context or some of the content in there yeah Uh, so it's not necessarily the full six stories that we remember today Um, And the newer characters don't necessarily have full six stories Um, like Claudia, great book by, you know, uh, Britt Bennett, the author, but it doesn't cover like fall, school and Christmas. Mm -hmm. It covers like maybe a couple of months of one season.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know,
2: and that's a little sad and disappointing because the Harlem Renaissance is a great decade.
1: Yeah, Uh, There's so much. And I
2: love the modern interpretations of the outfits. They're very cute. And I know those will sell well, but you're like, well, where's Claudie's play dress, you know, or where's her school dress? Where's her Christmas dress or her holiday dress? And mm-hmm. there isn't that. And so I do think a ge- this generation of of ag purchasers and people who play with today's dolls aren't necessarily gonna have the love for history as say we did when we were younger. Because right. the catalog says I've scanned each one and take photos. <laughs> I mean, 40 pages of, nothing but historical and then I pulled out of 2015 because I'm getting ready for another exhibit this fall just to just to um, make sure I was fact checking myself and Mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh the historical characters got one to two pages and then there was one page and it was like view the other historical characters online and I couldn't even confirm if this product came out in 2015 you know because wow it's not in the catalog and there's no way Mm. to go back to I mean, you could go back on what that way back Machine and, and check it, yeah. but you have to hope that they scan the page, you know, and right. Uh, it's just, it's different. Um, so I do think there's less of an emphasis probably on the historicals because I think as children and technology has increased, and maybe we'll see that with, you know, the newest historical characters that are coming out. I see, maybe that's what the 90s were all about, or late 90s right. and early 2000s, but I think they're trying to cater to an audience that they know will pay for or buy their product. Um, and I think yeah. it's harder now because you could buy, I'm just looking at some of the characters I have out here in our bed, my bedroom, but like, hey, you could buy a Claudia, but you don't know when Claudia's bakery is going to sell out. And mm. I think we as kids are like, okay, we have 10 years or we know that these characters aren't going to be retired in these right. clothes. And I think now it's like, if you want it, you better buy it now, right? Because you don't know if it's going to come back in stock or if they're just going to keep it for one season. And so I, I, and I'm sure that's one product or, or pricing strategy they have is like, let's not tell anyone so that people will want to buy it and yes. helps their numbers. But right. at the same time, you're like, I got rent to pay. I've got bills to pay. I to <laughs> you know, you can only eat so much ramen noodles and like, <laughs> and, and bred uh, in yes. your thirties, you know, or if you've got pets or children, you got to take care of them. So um, there's, you have to strategically think this is something important for me or not. And so right, I don't have kids, my husband and I, we don't have kids we only have a dog and that's just, I mean, dogs are another thing to take care of, but I'm not saying they're easy, but like I've been <laughs> able to say, okay, I will eat a corn dog <laughs> for two weeks. Or <laughs> I will eat uh, noodles so I can get, you know, uh, an item or something. So
0: Yeah. Now, it is surprising to me, though, in that sales strategy of, like, scarcity mindset that uh, they would essentially – it's, like, how I feel sometimes about, like, sneaker resellers, too. Or, like, I'm sure there's, like, a case for this in almost any industry, but, like, why drive the resale price on your item up instead of – the price instead of having a like longer history of sales with something if you could have it for an entire year or not be creating that scarcity mindset because you know a lot of the time i feel about things that they've retired or anything is that they're they're just driving up the price for the reseller um american girl doesn't benefit from a 1986 like mint condition subantha on ebay <laughs> So it's just interesting to me that they haven't at least like opened up a little bit more um, of the older stuff or like Mm retire things so quickly that probably would still sell pretty well. I mean, I'm sure there's a business case for it, but um, yeah, like it just drives up the resale value really.
2: I know. And then it hurts my wallet because I've missed out on buying it or
1: something. <laughs> right. Then,
2: I, then I'm di- and then I'm paying out three times what it might've cost. Right, Only right. To find out maybe three months later after the holidays that it shows up on the last chance part of their website for like 20% off. And you're like,
1: oh my mm, God. Right. Why <laughs> did I do that? And I
2: guess that's just the business model. I mean, I, I don't know, but it's interesting. There's probably a business case for it that I'm just, you know, we don't know.
0: Right. Totally. I guess like what what like what it does do is it like then like once you've missed out on that opportunity or like you've had to buy something resale like you're that much quicker to the next one because you don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Um but business uh, honestly guys like we could have a whole business meeting about the future of American girl. We've <laughs> like tossed around some amazing ideas <laughs> while we've been sitting here. No. Um, But I would love to hear, Blake, more about your relationship with the catalog, because the catalog is obviously a very important part of your current work that you've been doing with your online exhibition. Can you tell us a little bit about what your relationship to the catalog was like growing up and what you're doing now with the catalog?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So. As a kid, you know, I was so determined to get Samantha or Addie or Kirsten. The internet was around back then when I wanted some of this stuff, but it wasn't like what it is today. And so mm-hmm. those catalogs were the channel, the medium, whatever you want to call it of my dreams, <laughs> You know, like you saw, okay, I'm going to get this. And it was just like yeah. that. It's like that carrot that sometimes people dangle in front of like, you know, like, I just need something to tell me I'm going to get it. You know, it's like right. that reward. And the catalogs were like that, you know, American Girl or or Pleasant Company at the time, you know, their products are expensive. So it instilled in me the, you know, the mindset of you can't get it right now, but you will get it and you got to work hard for it. And I think that's helped me in my career a little bit as well. But I think looking at the catalogs, I was like, okay, I'm going to get Samantha and her meat outfit, but it's going to take me a couple months, you know, it (laughs) may take me a year. Um, And those catalogs were just a way for me to see. My dream possibly come true if that makes sense like I was that close to it um you know American girls there's a whole meaning behind why I love AG and I'll definitely get into that but specifically with the catalogs I just remember when a new one would come in the mail I would I would take it like I'd make sure I came home before my sister did because she liked American Girl because I liked it and because her friends liked it she didn't really care you know but because I liked it she wanted to catalog and she wanted to cut it up. So I made sure <laughs> I could get it first and hide it and save it because I didn't want her to do that or her right. friends. So that's, <laughs> I think where the, the passion came from. And I think I just started collecting the catalogs as they came for free. And because I was so close to a store, you know, the older I got, I think my parents were more like, okay, let's just go. He won't stop talking about this. And if we just give him what he wants, maybe (laughs) he'll stop. Didn't happen. Um, (laughs) As everyone probably knows by now, but that those catalogs just had a really special meaning um, for me. Um, And then over the years, as I got older, I was like, and I got more into American Girl and wanting to have that completest, you know, mindset of, oh, I got to complete this collection. I want this. It was, okay, I'm more interested in now the company. And maybe that's just because I'm an adult and I'm working in a business well, but like, what it was it like. And so I started collecting and purchasing them off eBay and just putting them in a tub, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think I was like, what am I going to do with this someday? And I thought, I'll just make my will. And I was thinking Blake is a 20-year-old making his will. Smithsonian gets everything. I'm like, they're not gonna want this. They're not gonna want this. Um and so I think what inspired me and through some other, you know, stuff that had happened in the last couple of years, you know, medical wise and all that health wise and all that kind of stuff I was like you know what I want to do this what am I what's going to happen you know I want to I want to showcase my collection and I think COVID had hit and I was at home I think we were all at home a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was home at home with my husband and I was like you know I want to expand upon the work that I do at the time when I built the uh the museum I was only doing Uh, digital marketing. And I love that, but I was more of an overall communicator and wanting to do a variety of other stuff. And I thought, Oh, if I do this museum, it could help me build my portfolio. So I was thinking of it as a different way of what it is now. And I think the more I was thinking about, oh, maybe I can make a book of all these historical characters and I'll hire a photographer to take these photos. I was like, why don't I just build a virtual museum? Who's going to come after me? It's free. I'm, I'm just wanting to showcase my collection, you know. I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily say it, and I would love to put this on my resume. Maybe I will, you know, like a G historian. But I know there are other people <laughs> out there who know a lot more. I mean, they could tell you to the T what they call a samber. You know, it's a Samantha doll from like mm-hmm. the 1980s. And I know they're gonna if they if they're listening to this, they're probably coming after me like you didn't say it right or you're not <laughs> talking about it right. But like, there are people out there who are more knowledgeable, I would say about certain dolls and how they were made where I'm more of I want to show this collection and so our first exhibit um, that I did was on my American Girl collection and just all the historical characters only just to celebrate the company's 35th anniversary and just a small snippet of the collections I had that kind of related to what each book uh, in their series was about so like if you go to the website and you click on the first virtual exhibit if you were to go to like Addie you could click on the first picture and it's meet Addie tells you a synopsis of what happened in her book and what accessories and clothing and furniture works associated with that but at that time I didn't have all the collections complete so it's just what I would have thought maybe would gone with that and as I was Mm -hmm. thinking about my second collection um, my husband collects uh, political buttons and we were going to do each year a different thing like toys Blake and or you know something collectible that he collects for himself Um, and I was gonna do political buttons and I thought he was like like there's no point in doing the political buttons you love AG why don't you just do something AG
1: yeah I don't want to necessarily do toys
2: (laughs) again and he's like what about the five tubs of catalogs you have (laughs) he goes why don't you just take a picture of the covers and just put that up there And I thought about it and I slept on it I was like, well, I do have catalogs from the eighties all the way to like, you know, now today, 2023. Like, yeah, I could do that. I was like, what if I made this more intuitive where people because there was such a, a boom of resurgence in the catalogs, I think, and just an American girl because of the 35th anniversary and how it made a resurgence on Instagram and social media and, Mm -hmm. and the news and all that and, and people going to the stores and the, um, you know, the, the cafes, I think one thing that all that we all had in common was not all of us could have a doll. Not all of us could go to a store. Not all of us could go to a cafe, but what we all had were one, the books and the catalogs. And I think the catalogs is what we all drooled over. And what you'll see in some of these catalogs where I have complete scans. I mean, these are from other people, and you can see where they have circled what they wanted. <laughs> and I yes. thought about, do I want to keep that in there? And I thought, I do, because that is what's going to connect our virtual visitors or, or whomever, you know, our audience, because that's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember circling with a pen or a highlighter that Samantha right. doll and that Addy accessory or that Kirsten um bench or Felicity's chair. You know, I can, I know all of us did that at some point. And that's what's going to mean a lot. So I went ahead and scanned the first catalog um, from completion because I thought a lot of people are going to want to see that. And I'll be honest, it's not in 1986 because when I look at the copyrights is 1987, but I can't determine if they copyrighted it 1987 but it came out in fall of 86. Like, I don't know. And I can't necessarily find someone to tell me if it is (laughs) and isn't. So I just said it was 1987, but anyway, did that. And I thought I will have people request scans of their favorite catalogs. um, And I will do it at my leisure, you know? Right. I did not know how big this was going to, or how explosion this was going to have, you know, (laughs) Um, like the first year, um, I know analytics can be boring at times, but like we had maybe a thousand people come to the site in one year, and from November of this past year to when we launched to till now, we have had um, nine thousand five hundred page views on all of the catalogs just since November. Wow! You
1: wow! Know? That's incredible. And so
2: they're coming to look at the covers and to request scans, and I just finished scanning. 20 catalogs that I've had on the back. Oh
1: my goodness. I've wanted to get them
2: (laughs) completed, but I haven't been able to. There's been, you know, sickness and moving and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, I'm determined to do this. So like if I add the 20 to what's currently on there, that's about 50 different catalogs that are completely scanned.
1: Yeah. A lot of
2: them have the same content inside, but each one kind of tells that different story for that visitor. Because some of them do look the same, but some you're gonna realize, oh, someone circled that someone circled this right. someone cut this out and you can see it you know and i think it makes it more memorable for people um, definitely
1: it brings the personality to it yeah. and really captures that moment in time like you said i've gotten a few catalogs off of ebay as well that have been circled where i want to find the little little girl probably woman now who literally circled everything in the catalog. Like this girl wanted it all. And it's so funny to me to see that because I definitely circled things growing up, not to this extent. I was very selective and, you know, realistic choosing things that I might get, but this girl just went for it.
0: I just, I can't say enough how much it, means to me personally and i think also to Lindsay to be able to see those catalogs again Mm -hmm. because it's something that you know maybe like didn't occur to me that i would never see it again
1: and it also didn't occur
0: to me how it would make me feel like when i did get to see it again so like the nostalgia that i felt like going through those scans and like it really is like you you see the cover and you remember oh my gosh, like I remember that magazine coming with like the girl and the doll and the PJs holding the little present. Like you you remember that so vividly. And then suddenly like, you know, when you're diving in, you remember how you felt about seeing some of those things for the first time. Um, and you know, really, really wanting them or circling them or making a Christmas list and adding that stuff to it. And I think that, um, you know, the work of uploading these catalogs is so important to the (laughs) community because it's just wouldn't be available, I think, for a lot of people or they wouldn't even realize what they were missing out on until they see that and they have that nostalgic moment and it clicks. So I, have personally just loved going through all your scans so much. Um, it's It's been amazing. I've also like had my mom look like because <laughs> right. she remembers some of the stuff too, um, yeah. but and, yeah. And Laura, like we, we had been looking at
1: a catalog that was uploaded by Lissy and Lily. They had done some archival of the catalogs but those were up into I think 1996. And Laura and I were going through these and these were catalogs that, you know, are so ingrained in my memory, but Laura, you were three years old, you know, when these (laughs) latest, when these came out, right? Yes. Yeah. Like. (laughs)
0: Right. Like when we were looking at them, it was like, okay, obviously I remember like Samantha's meat outfit and like all this stuff that they're showing, but I don't remember like this catalog. I never received this catalog. Yeah. Um,
1: To have the complete collection there, Blake, you are truly doing such a service for every AG aficionado and person that loved American Girl. So thank you for everything. Yeah, Truly. It's cool. so impactful and meaningful to so many people.
2: Well, of course. And I, I think what's been so amazing from just this virtual exhibit of the catalogs is the people that I've been able to connect with. I've been able to connect with you both. Um, I've been able to connect with a lot of um, like the AGIG influencers who actually mm-hmm. work for American Girl on on Instagram. But I think my most favorite interactions have been with the authors of these books. I have wow. heard from wow. Valerie Tripp and I wow. have heard from Connie Porter Oh my goodness um, about these exhibits. Oh, and wow. one of author has sent said exhibit links to her best friend in Wisconsin who is Pleasant Roland. So
1: I'm blown fact, away. So like
2: I've <laughs> not heard if she's seen it all I know is that she asked me permission if she could send the cattle, the the exhibit. And I think that was a moment of, I don't think I'll ever be able to meet this woman, you know, who's meant so much and has instilled such a important memory and, and something into me as a child and into my adult life. But just knowing right. that Valerie Tripp, who's so nice and so kind to talk with, was like, I would really love to send this because I think Pleasant would really love to know that you have created this and that the work she did back in the 80s and 90s Uh. has made such an impact on so many people. Um, Because she would love to see some of the work. And so I don't, I've never heard from her. And Pleasant is someone who likes to be very quiet. She doesn't talk to the media. She doesn't talk to people. And I completely get that. You know, you're like, I have sold the business, I'm out of it. But just to know that, She has connected and I've connected with Connie Porter, who she's amazing, who wrote Addie's stories. It's just, I mean, I came home one day and I had a package and it was a package from Connie with some of her AG books in it that she had signed (gasps) for me.
0: Oh my um, goodness! I was
2: just kind of blown away. Like, it, I kind of want to cry now, but I don't want to. But like,
0: I want to cry. You know, yes, like seriously. when you get
2: when like, you get something like that where you weren't really expecting it, where you just wanted to connect and say you made an impact in my life. Right. That's like, like okay, I can die now. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, um, yes. That is so, so amazing and meaningful. And so, um, to have those conversations with these authors and just say, you know. There's more to the company than, oh, I just wanted the book, you know. And we can get into what AG means to you later and all that kind of stuff. But like having the opportunity to talk to these authors about that has just been so heartwarming. I was like, oh my! I I would take a picture. Like I'd get an email or something and be like. take a screenshot and I'd send it to my husband. And he'd call me immediately. Like, oh my gosh, what oh is going goodness. on? Oh my like,
1: if your little self could see you now, you know, like it's just so special. But, you know, a
2: little tiny Blake would not uh, believe this was happening. And I just love wow. to see how I've progressed. Even as a kid, yes, I was determined and I was going to get AG. I was going to get Samantha and Addy. Yeah. And if you were to say, wow, Blake, you have 13 Samanthas in your collection and 10 Addies," didn't think that was going to and you know, and <laughs> there's a reason why I have that. You know, you find one on Marketplace, like Facebook Marketplace, that just needs a little good cleaning and it's only like 30 bucks You're you like you want to okay. show
0: it some love. You yeah, we do, right? do.
2: So like that's how I have found all this. <laughs> and Addies has been through Facebook Marketplace. Someone's like, oh really, and I know this is probably off topic, but someone was selling um Addy's trunk on mm-hmm. Facebook Marketplace mm-hmm. for 300 dollars And I was able to get her to knock down the price a little bit. And when I went to pick it up, she goes, Oh, I also found my Addie doll and her school desk and her little sleigh. You can have it.
1: (gasps) Wow. I
2: was like, okay. So then I got home and I opened up the trunk and it's got all of her outfits in it up until (gasps) like book five, all the little accessories. And I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, and she goes, I had this back when I was, when it first came out in 1994, 93. Uh, probably ninety four because of when the second part of Addie's collection came out. But I was like, "Oh my gosh!" This she goes. I was to give it to my daughter, but I want my daughter to be able to choose a doll of her own. You know, I was like, "Okay, good. I will gladly take this. Thank <laughs> God you did not look at eBay prices. Right. Thank you. I will then know you the money and I will oh drive over now."
0: But, um, oh my gosh! Wow! It's just That's been amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh! What a wonderful like set of circumstances number one just that you've been able to connect with these you know american girl legends icons (laughs) (laughs) but also you know that this you know exhibition and the just the idea of having this connection to a larger community that it means you know just as much to them being able to being able to connect with people who see the same value and things that you see, I think is just like such a wonderful time. And even though everything with American girl has gone through like changes and, you know, social media for the American girl brand like is very good at showing, you know, how the brand is different from it, what, it when we were kids, but like social media has also allowed us to connect with each other
2: absolutely on this right. nostalgic
0: topic. So it's like, in a way, like the changes have brought us back to our roots, which I think is right. so amazing. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. No, I, I agree with you. Um, Yeah, you could definitely go to AG's TikTok page and you're like, okay, well, they're definitely catering to a younger demographic, but they're also calling us out. You know, like one of the yep. recent TikToks is like <laughs> an AG doll holding like a Felicity Molly and maybe Addie mini doll. And it's like, How's being, you know, all those who, you know, loved history as a kid, what's it like being a history major today, you know, like calling you out and you're like, wow, I feel called, (laughs) but they're at least connecting with, I think they see it. So they're connecting. I wish they do more, but they're at least connecting with uh, the millennials or our generation of of AG enthusiasts and lovers, so
1: right, definitely. Totally. And then going back to you mentioning a bit about the Samantha's and Addie's that you have. Who yeah. else is in your collection? Because right now we see the six yes. dolls from the 35th anniversary relaunch. So you yeah. have all all six: Felicity, Josefina, Kirsten, Addie, Samantha, and Molly behind you, set up so beautifully. <laughs> who else is in your collection?
2: So that's a great question. Um, I really hope my parents and my husband are not listening because boy, <laughs> they would be like, he needs help or he has spent too much money. Um, <laughs> I will say I at least have one of every historical character, mm-hmm. including their best friends. Amazing. Um, and then I have started com- not completing a collection, but at least having the doll of the girl of the year. Cause that mm-hmm. was around when I was still, a a child. And so I, every year a new one comes out, I try to at least get the main doll and accessories. Um, there's still a few that I need to collect. Um, but I primarily collect for the historical characters. Um, I probably do have at least two of each so far now that I've been mentioned, I had like 10 Addies. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a few Kirsten's, um, I some friends that I've had that I've met at work, you know, they'll say, Oh, I had this, and they'll realize, Do you want mine? So I've got right. some vintage ones from the 90s. Um, when I got Addie's trunk, there was an Addie in there. So I've got that one. So um, I at least have uh, two of each. Um, and now I'm going to say this, and this is my history of me. I have what I call the classic. So, like from 86 to 2014, before the historicals changed to be forever. Mm-hmm. So I have at least two of what those characters would be like. So it's not necessarily Blake has a 1993 Addie, but Blake has Addie as, as what she was dressed like um, mm-hmm. or what she came in her box right. um, in 1993. And then I've got two of every Be forever character. <laughs> so wow. Two of Addie in her blue outfit or her blue me outfit, two of Samantha in her pink um, mm-hmm. and, and so forth. So Oh my goodness. Um, so
1: you need to have a IRL museum.
2: Exactly. And soon.
1: This is incredible.
2: <laughs> well, so I do have in our home what I would call the museum, but it's not really a museum. But I call it the <laughs> museum. Um, I just have bought some, you know, white cheap tables at uh, Walmart, um, just because we're renting. You don't want to make, you don't want to yeah. damage anything yet. Um, and I've kind of made little displays kind of like what you would have seen in the old uh, catalog or not catalog, but in the old uh, stores. Wow. Um, and then I, per- then I purchased, um, we've got a used bookstore here in our area and they have all the old like library binding books of like the historical characters. So like, it's not a pretty cover and it's pretty beat up, but inside you can rip that page out of that illustration. And I went to Michael's painted some white frames and, laminated these little pictures those little illustrations and I have like a wall of different little illustrations in this uh, museum room but it can't hold it can't hold everything so the hope Mm. is when we can really settle down move again and and own a home is to buy some of those like Ikea bookshelves that everyone's been doing and really just create setups so like Addie has her room and Mary Ellen has her diner and Samantha has her camp for not her camp, but her bedroom and Molly has her campground. You know, like to set up those little scenes. But um, a lot of it is in storage, both at home wow. where my parents live and here uh, in Nashville where my husband and I live. So
1: that is incredible. Wow. Oh my goodness! And I have to ask: Do you have your original Samantha?
2: I do. Um, I she's right here in her. <gasps> wow! I know no one can see. Um, I brought her out just is in case.
1: Pristine. Well, she looks incredible. A,
2: doesn't she? So since she um so for me, I know I'm probably aging myself, so I didn't have I could I never got it when it was a pleasant company doll. Mm. I got it when it was agy. So this is an mm-hmm. AG Samantha, or a Mattel Samantha, but since there's a salon nearby, um they've taught me how to curl her hair the right way. So they I help. I love it. Um, oh, wow. So I have Samantha um my Addie she's so loose-legged that I didn't want to take her down (laughs) but I have one that looks just like her she's in her winter outfit
1: Um, stunning
2: here in Nashville we've got a quite a few civil war historic sites so we've gone to those and I bring her with just because I'm like this is a great opportunity you know and no Mm -hmm. one really cares and then I've got a Kirsten
0: that I saved and bought
2: with and I I love she's in a little winter outfit, but yeah uh, so those are probably my top three. I mean I love all of the characters, but those are the yeah. three that I resonated with a lot as a kid.
0: yeah oh, love that i I have to say seeing Josefina in her original outfit behind you is just like such a emotional moment for me because she was like my favorite doll yeah. growing up and I had I got her I think in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like six. Yeah. So she looked exactly like that when I got yeah. her. Um, and I was just like obsessed with her whole like vibe because it was so different at the time from all the other yeah. ones. Um, obviously she has her hoop earrings, which is really yeah. cool. Um, so getting to see her like in her, all her glory back there is just like so exciting for me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it's been fun. Cause when I did the first exhibit, there were some accessories that I did not have of some of the historical characters. Like I didn't have Josefina's table and chairs, but I knew I needed them for her birthday scene. So I was able to find some cheap online, but just seeing the details of like the intricate little like carvings in her chairs and how it opens. And you're just like, they don't make toys like that anymore. You know, Right. I, I went yeah. to the store to see um, Claudie and they had her bakery on display and it's beautifully well done if you just leave it to look at you know if you had a turntable and you could turn it around but like I looked at the back because it has like a little bakery and the little doors like broken off the little handle because mm. it's plastic mm-hmm. and the kids these things are just you know they're playing rough
0: yeah right like I feel like one of the things and Lindsay and I have talked about this in the past before but one of the things that really sets apart like the Pleasant Company versus Mattel era is like the materials and you know even some of the doll outfits is like not all the outfits are cute but they're real like they're realistic and like not all the furniture is like luxe and like aspirational but it's realistic (laughs) (laughs) and I think like we we really appreciated that and now I think it's you know in an effort to make sure things sell like they they make it like almost like more durable maybe but I would think with you know high quality like woods and materials that they were using were probably pretty durable before but you know there you could see like the attention to details not as present
2: agreed and I I think today and I think a lot of people would say even if they walked into an AG store I think it's more geared towards the contemporary or the today girl. So like picking one Mm -hmm. that looks like you were creating one or even Mm -hmm. the girl of the year. um, It's just sad. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I mean, there's talk, you you talk and you're like, would they ever get rid of the historical line? And you're like, no, I don't think so. Because if they did, what makes them stand apart from the Target brand or the Mm -hmm. uh, brand that you could get at? Walmart you know what makes them different it's the fact that it's the historical component so I wish they would put a little bit more to it and maybe that's by doing more uh, decades or time periods that millennials would know like Courtney did really well because moms of today were like I had those Mm -hmm. Lisa Frank you know binders and and holders and I I think they're I agree it's just not Mm. there anymore but I also get the business case and all that kind of stuff so.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we're mm-hmm. just, you know, counting down the years here to the 40th anniversary to see what they do for it. I think it's exactly. going to be pretty big.
2: I hope so. I fingers crossed. I mean I've never heard I've not heard anything, but it would be lovely if they did something great at either a, the right? the flagship stores or um maybe even brought back some of the characters like they did for the 35th but maybe include Kit and um at this time, maybe Rebecca and Julie Mm -hmm. and their original outfits, not necessarily the purple or the yellow outfits that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would, because I think a lot of people are like, where's Kit? A lot of us had Kit growing up, you know? Um, But she wasn't there. And I think she was sold really well
0: as well. Agreed. I mean, Kit was like such a moment when she first came out, when we were like, I think, 10 or so. Everybody wanted her and for a lot of my friends that was like their last historic doll that they got because she was just so cool um and again like kind of different from the other ones like she had short hair none of them had short hair yet (laughs) um so I would love to see them bring her back and I you know, always think that I would be drawn to Rebecca as like a historical character if she had been around um, when I was younger. Um, And I do not love what they have done with like her look and making it a little bit like brighter and like less Mm -hmm. historically accurate. So I would love to see them re-release her original collection too.
2: Absolutely. No, I
1: agree. Definitely. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Fingers
0: crossed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like Going back to um, the museum, what do you have coming up in the future?
2: Yes. So um, as I have mentioned with the museum, so each year um, it's a different exhibit based on toys or collectibles. So the first exhibit Mm -hmm. was on toys, which was American girl, kind of all of the historical characters Uh, this past year, it's been the catalogs. Um, which we, I would consider collectible because it's not really a toy but it kind of has toys in it uh, so this year is toys this year it's toys again yeah I'm excited and it won't necessarily <laughs> launch until the fall there's still a mm-hmm. lot that needs to go on um, but there is a certain character this year that is uh, has a big anniversary and so we will be highlighting her entire complete collection and that character is Addie um, wow. I think in today's day and age with a lot of different movements going on you have the black lives matter movement and there's still a lot of talks um, with race and all that that i think it's an appropriate time to talk about addy and there's been a bunch of articles in the past about how she was a controversial character when she was released in 93 Um, and she still is controversial i mean there was a tweet that went viral a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago Um, but having talked with her author connie porter she is just as important um, and there is a story that needs to be told. And so I'm really excited to bring her story to life, her collection to life again. Right. Um, I, I've got a lot of things different. Plan- yes, we'll be highlighting her collection. You'll be able to see, I mean, I mean everything, everything from her meat outfit to um, all the little things you could have gotten at hallmark when ag was uh, had hallmark accessories um that you could get at hallmark stores like ornaments and stuff so like everything oh, wow. that was like, ever branded addy um will be in this collection in different ways um from the musicals that they had at the theaters to some of the uh what we call the pleasant pastimes which would be like the um the cookbooks and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and the paper dolls so we're going to explore everything of Addie and her collection um, and then there's a few different articles that will be written um, by me and a few people that I have uh, reached out to to kind of help write um, in different programs so I'm trying to at some point we'll get the AGIG community involved Um I'd love to do some interviews with some people um, so I'm I'm really excited. I think Addie needs to be celebrated. It's her 30th anniversary. It's a big milestone. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And I think it's going to look uh, pretty great. So you'll see everything from her historical collection that you would have seen in 93, 94, all the way up to her Be Forever collection that uh, was released in 2014, 2015.
0: Wow, this is so exciting and so cool that you have been able to like assemble I mean, like the, <laughs> the the hours and hours of work that goes into this, I know is like incredible. So this I'm so excited to see how it comes out,
2: yeah. it's been a labor of love, so the complete the collection was completed what I would call acquiring different things has happened throughout the years, but mm-hmm. completed that in twenty twenty two so each month of this year, I'm trying to get some things done for a hopeful launch of uh, end of September, early October. So uh, just Incredible. keep an eye on Instagram and our socials. I'll probably have some call outs for people if they want to, um, you know, share their favorite Addie memory or um, share their favorite Addie picture or something like that. So I'm, right. I'm trying to make this very inclusive of everyone can get involved, but at the same time, uh, celebrating a really great character a strong uh, resilient character and hopefully um hearing from her author and a few other things so I'm, I'm really excited about that
1: wow that is absolutely incredible we cannot wait to see that come to life that's truly amazing
2: yeah it is I'm, I'm really excited
1: yeah oh my goodness I can't believe it's been 30 years since Addie was launched
2: I know I just keep <laughs> thinking like 20 like I think of like. 20, not 20, it was like 2007. I just feel like that was just a couple of years ago because I keep right. thinking of my siblings. I'm like, oh, they were seven in 2007. In I'm like, actually, they're 22 now. We're um, <laughs> going to be 23. They're legal age. They drink and drive. Or they don't drink and drive, but they drink and they can drive. Um, separately, very separately.
1: Much separate. Very,
2: very much separately. And, um, you know, are adults, you know, and living on right. their own and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: And,
2: oh, my gosh. Time has flown by so fast. Um, but I think Addie has continued to make such a statement um, throughout her 30 years. And so I'm excited. And, and who knows? American Girl might be uh, doing some special activities uh, with Addie at the stores. I don't know. Mm. Um, but that would be really cool if they did.
0: Yeah. yeah. I hope so. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Oh, my Absolutely. goodness. Absolutely.
1: Like I feel like we could talk to you for hours, <laughs> like we're, we're over an hour already now. And I feel like we can just go on and on. Is there anything else that you want to touch upon before we get to the last question?
2: You know, um, I don't think there is, like I said, I could talk about this for hours. It's just something I'm very much passionate <laughs> yeah. about. It's made a huge impact in my life. So
0: we don't <laughs> yeah. necessarily
2: need to get into that. We but need to have
0: well, you back on. We'll have oh, you I'd back. This is a part one. To. Maybe <laughs> we can have, maybe we can have you back actually, like to promote your Addy Absolutely. exhibit. Um, because I think that would be such a nice little like through line, um, on the work you're doing and I think our listeners would love it so absolutely that would be great
2: and at that point I'll probably have more things to share I think the biggest <laughs> hurdle was acquiring <laughs> her collection at a price that Blake could afford um, there you go an
0: you know, art think, form <laughs>
2: exactly and and what's great I think about everything is you, a lot of people are like oh I want it to be in pristine condition I get that to a point but I'm also like I want it to be loved that well, shows love, that right. someone yes loved this regardless if it's Addie's collection or Samantha's that's why I try to find yes it might be expensive but I'm looking right now at like her little dishes and I'm like the little copper pitcher you know it's not pristine mm-hmm. it's you know it's been played with you know right mm-hmm. that is what I think is really going to make it uh, an exhibit that people will be able to connect with yes yeah. you'll, and I think in the current you know the first exhibit you saw everything from Samantha to Melody but those collections have ne- not necessarily been played with as say Addie's right now like you look at her trunk there's scrubs on it you know you mm-hmm. know that stuff was loved um, right. you look at her bed you're like you look at the embroidered apron you can tell that stuff was love because someone wanted to do that so mm-hmm. um, i'm i'm really excited and i would love to come back and uh share more details about what people could see in that upcoming virtual exhibit how they can get involved in it
0: yeah uh, so
2: i'm really wanting it to be more involved and and engaging for for uh visitors so
0: yay yes amazing oh well that will be so exciting for us
1: Definitely. And now like a question that we ask all of our guests who join us on AGW is what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you?
2: Okay, this is a good question. So American Girl has a pleasant company or however you want to describe them for me has made such a lasting impression. I had a great childhood. My parents provided they did what they need, what they could, but what they didn't realize. And there were things that happened behind the scenes that parents don't want anything to happen to their kids. I I think, and I'm not a parent yet, but I have a dog and I don't want anything to happen, to her, you know, (laughs) but um, you know, I was uh, a victim of of, of child abuse. And so that impacted me a lot as a kid, you know, when you have that innocence taken away at such a young age, you almost mature to becoming an adult. Mm -hmm. You want to care for other people. And so I think what American Girl was able to do for me was I was able to connect with these characters on such a more personal and deep level because they were experiencing not necessarily what I experienced, but, you know, hardships, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Samantha didn't have her parents. She was an orphan and everyone's like, oh, she's so rich, but she didn't have her parents. Right. Addie escaped slavery with her mother after her brother and uh, father were sold and had to leave her baby sister behind. You know, these were struggles that, yes, these are characters that aren't necessarily real, but what they had to experience were very much real to um, children of of that time. And so I think for me, I was able to connect with them on that level through their books, through the dolls, through the furniture, accessories, the clothing, Mm -hmm. you name it. And because of that, it has, I guess, made me who I am today. You know, I am someone who wants to help tell people's stories. Um, I've done that throughout my career uh, within marketing and communication, whether that's been through a website, whether I'm telling the story of someone or a brand or a company, I want to tell that person's story in a meaningful way that people are going to uh, to want to connect with. And so I think American girl helped me do that a little bit. Um, but they were also there for me during a time of need. And so, yes, I'm an adult. I, you know, do adult things, you know, I'm working nine to five. I've got a dog. I want to have kids. I want to buy a house. I want to do the normal nine to five things, but they have also made such a lasting impression that I just don't want to give them up. Yeah. They're some, they've also, they're, they're like that friend that you don't want to lose, you know? Um, <laughs> And so I would say that would be my lasting impression. Um, you know, I, I think of the Samantha that I showed you and Addie and Kirsten. Those were the three. And I love them all. I can't pick a favorite. But like if I had to choose three that if I was like, Blake, you're on a stranded island and you are bring three American Girl dolls, which ones are you bringing? It's yeah. Samantha, Addie and Kirsten. Those are the three that I'm bringing um, because I connected really well with their stories. I loved them, all that kind of stuff. I'm not gonna cry, uh, <laughs> but that would be the lasting impression. I guess is that they made, they helped me become the man that I am today. They've helped me become um, the husband that I am, the father that I'm going to be someday to my kids, the the dog dad that I am to my to my mm-hmm. puppy right now, and and who I am, uh, just in general. So um, they have definitely. I would say made a lasting impression, and I think that's why I wanted to share them to, with the world. Right. Um, I have collected and amassed a huge collection that I think my insurance company is like, why have why do you have so much, much <laughs> so much, you know, product worth so much? Um, but I do, you know, and I want to share this with other people because, like us, we had catalogs as kids that allowed us to look at stuff. that's some now today technology. There are young kids on Instagram who are seeing our catalogs and seeing our posts about dolls and they're connecting with them the way we did it with our catalogs um, and in books back then. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's my long winded answer of, of why, or what Amer- what impression American girl has uh, left on me.
0: Oh, well, I mean, beautifully said, I you know, I th- just think there have been several times in this episode where I've been like, God, that's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know.
2: I don't want to cry either. I don't like crying.
0: honestly. <laughs> but uh, I'm... I think that like so many people are going to relate and it just resonates. And I, you know, I'm so glad that we were able to have you share your story because Uh, you know you've really touched on something that I think we all can relate to which is that you know these dolls were formative in our Mm -hmm. lives and maybe to different degrees but I I think it's just something that you don't just like sort of like like you know if you liked American Girl growing up like you were into it and remember it and took a lot out of it um maybe things you don't even realize and you know, I think you've just done an amazing job, um, allowing people to recapture that with the work you're doing. Well, thank you. Absolutely. I have nothing left to say, Laura, you just
1: summed that up so, so well and beautifully and like, I I'm speechless over here. (laughs)
0: Truly. Seriously. Uh, well, Shall we get into some little activities before yes. we before we all burst into tears? Yes, <laughs> let's please. Let's,
2: let's have some fun. <laughs> all
0: right.
1: So, Blake, this might be hard for you because you just said that you have three American girls that you really connect with. <laughs> but if you were to choose two of them, as is our uh, running activity here on the podcast, mm-hmm. but if you were to choose two american girl characters and they could be you know main character dolls or friends or yeah. family members which two are you inviting to a dinner party and <laughs> just consider the conversation you know you yeah. interacting with the characters and then yeah. being able to interact with each other
2: okay so i'm gonna try and choose non like doll characters okay perfect this is hard but well not really okay <laughs> So (laughs) I would probably choose Addie's mother Mm. because she just reminds me a lot of my mother. My parents, not that they didn't want me to have dolls. I think as any parent, you want to be protective of your kids um, and you want them to be safe and you don't want them to feel hurt or anything. And so I know that Addie as a character probably suffered just some of the similar things that I have as a kid. And her mother did everything that she could, but was still very loving and caring and wanted to be there as much as she could. And so I would love to interact with um, Addie's mother just because I mm-hmm. think she reminds me a lot of my mom in the sense of she's very caring and very um, loving and wants the best out of you and may yeah. not want you to do something for fear that it might hurt you or, or mm-hmm. upset you. Um, and I appreciate that, even though I would probably want to still do whatever. I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that would be number one. And then number two, and we could think about this in a variety of different reasons of why, why would Blake choose this person, but Uncle Guard. Um, yes. <laughs> um, he just seems really lovable and, and yeah. really funny and probably was my first crush uh, on the character growing <laughs> up. Um, just, yeah, I would choose uncle guard and, uh, uh, whereas as Addy would say mama. So,
1: oh, yeah. love that compo, yeah. right? <laughs> that would be an amazing, amazing
0: dinner party to attend. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I would do it. I would love to see uncle guard work a room. Honestly. Oh, yes. right?
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> so well yeah he's just one of those people (laughs) he's just one of those people that's like so extremely charming that you get like nervous around them yes (laughs)
2: yes it's exactly it like you want to see them and then you're like hiding behind like your mom (laughs) right that's what it feels like Uh, no i get it
0: exactly oh oh my gosh well Uh, My question is celebrity driven. And um, you provided some of your favorite celebrities. um, And, you know, many of which are connected to the AG universe, but I'm going to go outside the box of the AG universe okay. for this question because we need an objective celebrity. And I'm so glad that you put this one on here. Because
2: oh I don't know if I remember.
0: <laughs> he's one of my favorite celebrities, actually. Okay. And I don't I don't have many. Um, but <laughs> which American girl do you think Charlie Puth would have?
2: Oh charlie pooth um, um do you watch his tiktoks by the way i'm just i have to ask
0: yes i watch his tiktoks yeah. and also the ones that like sort of make fun of his tiktoks or yes. he's like making a random <laughs> noise and he's like what would this sound like in a song like <laughs> he's amazing yes
2: so what american girl do i think charlie pooth would have <laughs> i would either go with felicity or molly i feel like on all the stuff that i see charlie he's really charismatic and wanting to just do whatever and i think i see that in both felicity and molly and i think felicity more and so that uh she's trying to make a point so i guess determine a little bit like you know we're not eat drinking tea at our shop or home or whatnot but i think <laughs> molly because i think molly's just goofy you know and yeah So I think he would connect well with both of those. But if I had to choose just one, it'd probably be Molly.
0: Yes. I think that one of the things that is so notable about Charlie and Molly is that they're so unabashedly themselves.
2: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: Oh, so I think that's a great answer. <laughs> okay, <good. Perfect. laughs> oh
1: my goodness. Well, Blake, this has been so much fun. Truly, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today to share more about your AG journey and you know how you're bringing AG back to us in all the best ways through your work with your museum and the exhibit right now. It's absolutely incredible. So thank you for joining us today.
2: Of course. It's been my pleasure. I, like I said, I love connecting with other like-minded people who love AG just as I do. <laughs> and I, I love hearing the stories everyone has. Everyone has a different unique story when it comes to marriage. Right. And I just love hearing how they have brought this company, these characters, these stories um, have brought people together in so many different ways. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh. having me.
1: Thank you. And now where could everybody find you after this?
2: Absolutely. So uh, they can view the exhibit online. Um, it is toys and Collectiblesmuseum.org. Um, I know that's a really long URL, but um, that's where they can find us uh, online where they can view the virtual exhibit. They can go through mm-hmm. that's where you can request catalogs. You can see previous um, exhibits as well as any of the programs that we've done and any articles that we've posted. Um, so that's where you can go there to see that now we are on social media, our most popular platform has been Instagram. So they can find us on Instagram, at CP museum, TC, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and if you're a career professional LinkedIn as well, but you don't have to follow us on there. I just had to because you know, marketing. Communications.
0: <laughs> Of course. And we will put links for all the places that you can find Blake and his work in our show notes and on Instagram as well. And Blake, thanks so much for coming. And we'll talk to you guys next time.